Welcome to Scripps Talks. Today we have Allison Hunter joining us from WUB at Ohio University. Uh, she is the editor-in-chief there and has been in that position now for several years. Is a Bobcat herself. We may get into some of those conversations today. Welcome to the podcast, Allison. Thank you for asking me. I'm not so comfortable on this side of the mic, so we'll see how it goes. We go back a long ways to yeah. uh, the late 80s. Late 80s, you know, because that's right when I was born and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. a manner of speaking, I was born as a graduate into the world. Came out in 89, and you were my advisor when I first got to OU. So how do you like them apples? It's a fun story for me, I have to admit. I enjoy knowing that and remembering that. But now you've got a big job as the editor-in-chief at WAB News. And I heard you yesterday covering the protest. So you're out on the street sometimes, you know, doing actual shoe leather journalism. That part, yes. Which is almost kind of a return to the start of my career. The bulk of my career, I was a local news producer in various cities around the country and then an executive producer and then a manager and news director and assistant news director and news director and all of that. And so you are away from the process, you know, the higher you get in terms of into management here. And now, even though I'm the head of the news department, you're not away from the product. You're right there doing it. And in it, because we have a small news department, smaller now um, because of budget cuts at Ohio University, who holds WOUB's license to operate. And then, and now in this age of the pandemic, I wouldn't ask someone to go out and do something that I wouldn't do myself just because of potential harm. Our newsroom is down to one full-time person that's me. One regional correspondent who is housed in our newsroom and does a lot, does Aaron Payne. He's a godsend, but he officially, 70% of his time is supposed to be spent with Ohio Valley Resource, um, which is a regional journalism collaborative between public media stations, public radio stations in Kentucky and West Virginia. And so 30% of the time, he's really only supposed to be working with us uh, or doing uh, WUB only local stories. And then we have this summer and uh, this tail end of the semester, two graduate students from the EW Scripps School of Journalism, Michelle Rotuno Johnson and Claudio Cisneros Mendez. I dare not ask any of them to do some things out in the public just in this time of COVID-19 until we really figure out what's going on and how safe is it to be. Now, if you volunteer for that, I can work with that, especially with the graduate students. So yes, yesterday I was out and about covering a motorcade rally protest with my camera, meaning my phone, and a unipod tripod thingy look thingy and because uh, all the time get it i was a producer i was in-house i didn't i went to school wanting to be a reporter and went to ou thinking i wanted to be a reporter that's where i learned when you do the job and being in the class that one dr robert stewart taught and i learned that's not really what i want to do that long answer one would think i'd be okay in front of the mic but i'm really not so yeah doing shoe leather journalism out with the people 
Well, that's important. Yeah, it is important. We're having to figure out all of these new, all these old processes in a new time frame. What you're dealing with at WEB clearly is reduced resources, a very unusual situation now as far as whether students are going to be around, you know, working and yeah. volunteering in right. your news operation. What are some of the variables that you're having to weigh right now as you think about providing news coverage this summer even? Right, because this summer, starting June 1, we would have had our internship program where we would have invited six multimedia journalists to work with us and produce newscasts and updates, um, TV newscasts, web updates and audio stories and text stories for our website and regular just bodies on the ground that can go and cover stories and get out. OBOUB, we cover Southeast Ohio. We can be heard and seen, just not really just a local station. We're a regional station. And so in the summers when we usually are able to, especially working with students, because we have such a small professional staff, students were able to get out in the counties and learn a bit more about the region, provide more coverage, stories that weren't just event-driven, stories that are more issue-driven, which is what we strive for. And so with the idea that the students are not going to be able to be with us this summer because, uh, you know, we're not allowed on campus, and that hurts our coverage, that hurts the students' instruction, and then on a personal level, that hurts me because... That's why I'm here. That's a part of what I wanted to do at this point in my career. I had 20 years or so in the commercial news industry out in the world, and I said I want to start working with young people. I want to start working with young journalists, emerging journalists, and return to OU to get my master's. And then when I knew I wanted to work in a newsroom that allowed me to work with college students, and I didn't know that that would be here, that I would be able to do all of that here at my alma mater at WOUB, a station that I worked at when I was a student. But that happened. And very appreciative of that. And so the fact that the students aren't here it makes me kind of, oh, oh my goodness, how do we do this? So yeah, this is a time when everyone talks about this new normal. I don't know if we were ever normal, especially with what we did at WUB. We allowed students to come in as freshmen. We found ways to train them as a volunteer. And then not just for those that some already have news gathering and journalism skills or sports journalism skills, some get them most are uh, scripts uh, journalism students not all are. And then we also put an emphasis, and this is my emphasis, especially helping students, as I say, be, understanding how to be in the workplace. So the fact that they're not here this summer, that the tail end of the spring semester, we didn't get to say goodbye to our seniors, you know, the same thing that people are experiencing around the country, and I guess in respect around the world, it knocks you one. You know, like, oh, wow, okay. Yes, we have the, the video chats and those those meetings, and our coverage loses. Those young legs aren't on the ground running around trying to um, figure out and meet people. With their, their experience loses, and then it just – so we try to figure it out and hopeful, hopeful that 
students will be able to be here in the fall and then we can go on some kind of way or I don't know there's so many there are so many questions that I know it's my background and my professional background as a producer and then just my personal background as a mom and as a woman I'll figure it out you know it will make it great but not being able to have the, the students around we lose a big shot of energy we lose energy because the students aren't around. I interviewed Bradley Parks, uh, who's out at Oregon Public Broadcasting now, and about how they're functioning. And he talked about their distributed newsroom that everybody's connected through the technology, as you mentioned. But essentially, everybody's living room or dining room table or kitchen table or closet that is has some space for a microphone and a computer that is essentially now their their new normal distributed newsroom and they're seeing more talk about how will this affect young journalists yesterday i talked to peter chaplin and he said it's a big concern for how young journalists are going to develop without close contact with mentors exactly and i i, I wonder if you feel like this puts even more of a burden on your organization realizing that they may not actually be in a newsroom again for some time. Yeah. And the newsrooms, I mean, that's the beauty I think. And I think of our selling point at, for Ohio university journalism and media students who are interested in, in broadcasting or uh, news gathering or, you know, kind of reaching people in a team environment is that we have a working newsroom for students. It's a, it's the place where you meet. And, and that's the one thing as an individual that I actually like about the industry and my time as a producer and a writer and all those things is that you had a place where everyone was working on a product. Yes, you went out and got information and talked to people out in the field, but then you came, for the most part, you came back to the newsroom and you could exchange ideas and you could get loud and figure it out and you, everyone was working toward one product, one deadline. And being able to have that here at WOUB for the students, that was, now sometimes, yes, it was crazy, like, ah, but that part was the familiar part for me, that in terms of my own career and seeing that happen in the newsroom and watching the students work it out and then they come into me or any of the other professionals in the newsroom asking questions and figuring out and talking it through and in real time and seeing each other and seeing you walk in and then joking and everything with one another and then getting it done and looking at the clock and pressing toward that, toward that deadline and getting mad at the printer because it's not doing a thing, you know, in terms of working on a show or just working on a story and just being in that energy and not having that. It's going to be different. I mean, even with, obviously it's going to be, it's going to be a different thing. And I'm, I'm trying not to think negatively about it because we can all make something for good. It's going to put the onus on the mentors to try a bit harder and the mentees to try a bit harder and really understand the, the value of the human connection because we're telling human stories and at no point in the process can that be forgotten. And it's good to have your colleagues around you to remind you of that and to have your mentors around you reminding you of that. So not being in one central space at a certain time when you're working on a project is 
yeah, I miss it. And I, I know the students miss it. So I hope we can get back to that. And so even with, even as the professionals, I'm, you know, I'm now working with, I'm working with my staff or I can't just go walk into my general manager's office complaining about something or laughing about something or telling them something that, so that part of the process, I don't know what it is. I don't want to label it. It takes some getting used to, and I will say it will make us appreciate the times when we're back together again. I'll stay hopeful. The times when we can be around one another again, maybe through masks. There have been times when I've been in the newsroom, I've had to run in, and then I saw, you know, Aaron happened to be in there, and it's, you know, I'm excited, and then I was like, okay, hey, you know, and you're trying to measure your excitement. It's just weird. And you're still not working there all day. We just kind of happen to bump into each other and you're trying to keep your distance. Like, okay, we get this, you know, do we just sit in the office and talk anymore or try to step away, make sure I'm uh, six or so feet away. There's an integrity to the team aspect. I think there are people who, who need that. I think as people, we need that, that team work, everybody needs team projects at some point, that idea of, you know that there are people that you can go to and you can look them right in the eye and you can be right there. Or you can be awkward because, oh, this happened and you weren't sure about that. But you need that to grow um, as an individual and then also as a professional. Absolutely. How do you know how to manage any kind of conflict successfully? And not conflict that it has to be big, but just an exchange of ideas. How do you manage any of that without being right there in front of that person and seeing their face and just working it out and then still working toward a common goal, you know, in that moment or, you know, maybe putting aside whatever the issue is for that moment, working toward that common goal. And then once that's done, because we always have to focus on the audience, that's what we're doing. That's why we're here. Remember why we're here in this space and then getting back to whatever our personal issues are. Yeah. Missing something, it, it is, it's different. And that makes it have to try harder to Bradley and to Peter's point. But something is missing. The longer we stay apart from each other in working spaces, the harder it becomes to understand how to manage many interpersonal relationships. You have had a fabulous career and you know, are giving back at this point. But I'm wondering if in those years when you were out in working in commercial television, was there a 9-11 type experience or something that you can draw from as you're trying to problem solve this particular situation as a manager? Speaking of that um, watershed moment in history, I always say thankfully, but I was 11 days away from, I was home, and I was about to have my son, my second child. And I'm very thankful that I was not in the industry, in the newsroom at that time, because I was where I wanted to be with my family, where I would have wanted to be in those moments. And I'm very thankful for all of the news workers and all of that, just speaking within my industry, who spent their time making sure the information got out to the rest of us. So I didn't have that chaos in terms of being in the midst of it. But I would say my time as a news producer and executive producer at WGN in Chicago, WGN Morning News, I was on that show for about four or five years as a producer, 
that I went to Boston as an executive producer to start a show there and then back to WGN for about five years. So I'd say working on that morning show, I was a producer of the two-hour show, and then it grew and grew, and then added other producers, and then as an executive producer, by then I think it was a four-hour show. We used to call it the beast that eats. Getting that show and all the moving parts, which were news stories and interviews and bands and cooking segments and sports and live segments in the helicopter and for traffic and then breaking news with that helicopter, late guests and all of those things. And so I'd say the chaos of managing that circus every morning really helped hone my skills as they are getting the chaos and the people who wrangle the chaos focused toward one goal. And it was usually a time slot or, but the bigger goal being the audience's information and attention, getting their attention and their, and getting them information and providing their enjoyment or, or, or feeding their curiosity. So this kind of moment now, or every moment I see, and probably just being a mom too, right? Being a mom of two sons, you learn how to just, the circus is going to happen. I mean, the chaos is going to happen. And you just kind of take it in stride and say, okay, but what's the big picture? And how do we keep moving toward that? And so that's always been my North Star and the professional world is, once I learned that, that kept me from freaking out and just getting calm in the chaos and going, okay, but what did we say we were going to do? What is the purpose of us being here or as being in this job or whatever it is? What is the purpose? Okay. And then that's what we're going to do. And it may seem like we're getting turned around and it may seem like they're throwing all the obstacles in front of us as possible, whatever those obstacles are for that day or for that time period or whether our reporters are not meeting in the newsroom or whatever we do have a purpose and so there's a way to do it then if we have a problem then the solution is somewhere in that problem and so we just gotta walk toward it that's the part that calms me down and says okay get to work and we can we can freak out sure and then after that what <laughs> so um with this situation the part of the thing with local news or regional news, you have to be in the region. Uh, ideally, you don't have to, but there's an integrity to environment, and it's important. And it's ideal to be able to look at people in their eye and talk to them and so they can understand what you're saying and why you're saying it, and they can read your body language, and you can read theirs. The sooner we can get back to that, the better. Okay, what if we can't get to the newsroom, but there are people, there's students who are living in the area and they can still go out and cover stories. Okay, that works. Officially, I can't ask them to cover stories. They're volunteers, they're students. I can't put them in harm's way, so they have to want to. I can present information and or story ideas or kind of nudge and like, hey, did you think about this? Is anybody willing to cover? And then um, hopefully, and most times they do, someone will step up and say, oh, that's interesting, I'll do that, or I'm curious about that. And then we go from there. I was thinking about election coverage, you know. When, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just thinking about November, but obviously we just had the primary, which was a little anticlimactic since there really it really wasn't contested for um, the nomination process. Obviously, there were local races, but I'm really 
saying this in a rhetorical way, it's quite complex to imagine how do you run election coverage in November if all of the students are back home. Right. The primary was a bit of a hint. We, again, as you said, um, there weren't um, very many contested races. I'm just thankful for that because we handle election coverage the old-fashioned way where we manually enter the numbers from the boards of elections, the county boards, the counties, each individual's county's board of election. We enter that information into our computer because the counties around here, their computer systems are different or some things are different. And so we can't do it where you can just tap into their computer system, at least right now, and have the information upload. So we're hand entering, manual entry. Um, I can't say that enough. <laughs> because, so we need bodies for that, for that part of the actually getting the numbers into our computer system so we can get it out to the individuals so that audience members can just hit a button and they can see all the information in one place about whatever race they're interested in. So we usually cover at least 25 counties each November election. So from the, again, the strictly labor standpoint, like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And then that's not even the crew that is on the air. Our students usually produce a television show in some kind of way. I mean, they do TV news stories or they do stories about issues and about candidates. And over the few, last few years, actually, instead of a TV show on our WUB channel, they've produced web updates for Facebook Live and Instagram and Twitter. Again, our audience loses a bit if there are not enough people gathering that information and sending it out to the audience um, or, or doing explainer stories about issues and talking with candidates, um, trying to get them away from the campaign trail a bit and asking regular questions and one-on-one -on -one questions. I actually haven't thought about it as much maybe as I need to just because I want some peace of mind because there are things, or maybe that's why I don't sleep so well now. <laughs> there are certain things that keep me up at night. I'm like, I can't do anything about it now. I don't know the situation. I don't know how many students will be around. I don't know how many people in general, and I know if I need help that the other professionals at WUB who do not work in the newsroom will chip in the help any way they can. But this is an important experience for the students. Election day coverage or election coverage is something that the students volunteer for. They want to be there that night all night. They want that for their resume, for their reel. We have students that come in and they love politics. They enjoy being immersed in that atmosphere, in that world, and the extra energy. Working on a newscast is, and there's a point in time where it's really, there's a, there's a lot of like bees buzzing in a hive. There's a lot, it's the closer you get to the deadline. There are a lot of things that have to happen. A lot of things seem to be going wrong and you got to make it right before you get on the air. The deadline is coming. The deadline is coming. Well, that kicks up a notch on election night because it seems like the whole country is on that same energy, at least with all the, uh, the news channels and the cable channels and the radio stations are all talking about our 
democratic process. We are, as journalists, gathering that information to give to our audiences. And this is what America is supposed to be about. And we are a part of that process. We'll stay tuned for that one. I, I might be... I might be on an island somewhere before the end. <laughs> I just, like, everything I'm saying and all this noble cause, man, just might be like, you know what? I can't. <laughs> I can't know. I don't know the answer right now in terms of what we're going to have. And so I have to wait. I have a few, you know, so you have a few scenarios in your mind. We had the primary and I got to see, you know, there were three of us at that time working on the primary results coming in and the stories that spin off from that and the radio stories that we do for that, the the stories for our website and then the stories for radio and just looking at the numbers, waiting for the counties to submit their results and then taking that information and entering it into our computer system and then working with our IT person when something, the code isn't right. And so he's rewriting code as we're trying to enter in the numbers. And so that on a primary level is, you know, is tedious enough, low energy, but tedious. So, yeah, this presidential election. Oh, Bobby put me in a weird place now. Look, now I'm I'm staring off into the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did say it was a rhetorical question. Right, I should have just left it. Right, I didn't listen. I should have just listened. <laughs> but that's what it does, you know, because you do. You see these things coming, and there are these seminal events that, you know, how do we do that? You know, I mean, a big question for me also is how do we accurately connect our communities, or can we, given what are some of our very real limitations are, but how do we stay connected to our communities and let the audiences, our audiences feel connected to each other? What is our role as journalists, as news people in that space? That interests me. Yes, you do a story on an event and I can be out there with, you know, my camera and Facebook Live that or, you know, we talk with folks over, you know, like uh, like we're doing over phone lines and or video, record video interviews um, through our video chats or through our laptops. Media outlets are also at Town Square. And so what is our responsibility and how can we do it, again, I'll say with integrity and with care and humanity? How do we take care of that space and take care of our audiences in that way? That's on my mind as well. And I have some ideas. We're working on some, but will the technology cooperate? Do we even have enough people (laughs) to do that? And the short answer is no. So then what can we do in that space? I'm concerned about that too, or that's on my mind as well. My last question is quite different. Um, but you can take it in any direction you want. And that is, when you think about your own experience as a undergraduate, you know, we won't count the years ago, but it's <laughs> a couple decades plus ago. And you compare that to what the students that you're working with, you know, what their experience is like. Do you think there is something fundamentally the same about those two experiences over that 25-year time span? Or do you think there is something quite different about what our students are experiencing today than what you experienced? I think it's fundamentally the same. 
well, at least as I remember it, that feeling of, oh my gosh. And then, or being very sure, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, you don't know a lot and you hope people don't know that you don't know a lot. I see that in some of our students and I remember that feeling like, oh my gosh, that is intimidating. I have to go in this space, even in a learning space and figure out how to be better without letting a whole bunch of people know that I don't know. That feeling, I remember that. And I think we all kind of have some of that, that willingness to be a rookie. And then some people are okay with that. Some people are like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm here to learn. And so I think that just uneasiness of time in life, that excitement of that time in your life, as a, I, I call them adultlings, <laughs> where you're kind of an adult, but kind of not. I remember the uneasiness of that time. And I still remember that I did a lot of things or didn't do some things out of fear. When I see that in our students, I try to dispel that as much as possible. Yes, I am a professional. When the students aren't there, I have a job to do no matter what. But I'm also, I tell the students, I want you to win. And so I might say some things you don't like. They might make you feel a way, but I'm never trying to hurt you. I am just trying to help you understand some of what is going on in the world and letting you know that you keep doing the work and you will be fine. And yeah, you will have ugly cries and, and you will wonder what is this all for, but you will be fine. Treat each other with compassion. Understand that we are not just telling stories. We're talking about people's lives. We are giving information to impact people's lives. Some students call me the aunt and I am okay with that. I'm, I'm very okay with that because our aunts are the ones who, uh, you know, they love you like a mom, but they're kind of cooler than mom. So I appreciate that connection. And that's what I try to, with love, and I'll tell them, with love. And this might be the last time you work in a, in a professional setting with, with people genuinely love you and want to see you win and want to see you be okay and will take the time to say, okay, don't do that again. Or, yep, this is a learning moment. This is where you make the mistakes. And that all comes from a place of me remembering. Um, and then I have, I have young people. I have my son, my oldest is 21. I have an 18 and I have an 18 year old and I would want someone to help guide them through this learning time. College is some ways is like big summer camp, but you still need people there to say, okay, now you, you're not going to be here forever. You need to get out into the world. And these are some things that we expect from you as yes, while well, you're learning these skills for the job that you're going to do, but you also have to do the work of being a quality human being and help others along their journey. I infuse some of that with my time with the students because I feel that I got that as a young person when I was in their position and probably could have used more of that. And so I will say it's fundamentally the same. Yes, the technology is different and all of that, but kids are kids, and I, they, I don't say they hate. I don't know if they hate when I call them kids. I try not to, but students are students, and young people are young people, with a, and young adults are young adults all through time. I'm very thankful to be able to be in their lives at this point in their journey. And, of course, when they get a thank you note or that call or when they come back to visit or when they say something like, you said it was going to be like this and it, and it was and I was ready or, you know, some of those things. Or even when they call when they're not sure if they're ready and they're in their professional career and they're calling the just talk over things. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. That's what you were for me, Dr. Stewart. So, uh. Well, I was just going to say how thankful I have been. I have fond memories of when you were a student, but even more so getting to work with you as a colleague has been a real pleasure. And I'm, I feel like our students are in such good hands at WUB getting the kind of reality check and support that combination from you. So thank you for coming back to campus and, and being part of this community and, and helping face these challenges now. I think yeah. your, your experience will really win the day. Thank you. We'll get through it. It'll, it'll be hard and different. You even leaving your position um, running the Scripps School, the school will be in good hands with Dr. DeShield, but it'll be different for me not coming down to uh, cruising the uh, the journalism suite and peeking my head in to see if you're in there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss that because I felt you as a kid, as a kindred spirit in that caring about the humanity and about the individuals, the systems are necessary, but the system cannot overrun the people. And ultimately I think that's, you know, that's, that's my fight. And, or that's what I, I try to impart and preserve. I saw you as a comrade. I see you as a comrade in that fight. And so I appreciate that. And I'm going to, I'm going to miss you. So. Well, you may just have me as a volunteer in the newsroom someday. Boom. Hey, yeah. So election day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Glad doing, you said that. <laughs> I'll be doing a podcast. <laughs> you can be in the corner, but then I'm going to need you to, you know, make sure you get those results in from Meigs County or, or something or Ross County. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's going to... Um, and I and I feel good knowing that there are enough people who understand and enough uh, journalists who understand that it is all hands on deck, you know. And so, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll get the dean. Um, we'll get the dean in there since uh, there won't be right. anybody else. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. uh, we'll get the. Uh, we get some of the higher up execs. We get Cutler Hall in there. So you see, this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Allison, this has been a, a real pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I know things are in good hands with, with you there, but it's been wonderful working with you and, and to have you as a friend. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for being a friend. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can be in my band, too. Yeah, right now. Oh, my gosh, that is the worst thing that I have yet to see you play live. So this all has to go away. We have to be able to get back into spaces. That is my one, like, I've never seen the band perform. I walked up one time and I missed you. I think I was a grad student at the time. My head was spun. I don't know what was going on, but uh, walked in and I was like, is there a recording? He was like, nope, you had to be there live. I was like, what? And he was like, you, I mean, you were just like, no, you just, it's a live experience. I'm like, ah, did anyone video? No. I'm like, how can you be so resolute about that? Mr. Always have a camera. Mr. Looking through your phone. You're like, no, it's just, I had to be there live. So yep. like, uh, it's it's so. live music and you have to it has to be live yeah <laughs> and i appreciate live music i really do so i'm looking forward to next time that we can for a lot of reasons even though i like being home i don't mind that i don't like to work from home necessarily home is a place where i can work sometimes when i want to but not to have to it feels like a violation in a certain kind of way but yeah i i'm 
I'm also a social person, so I, I miss that part, just walking through and saying hi and seeing people and, and carousing, being in lounges and bars. That sounds weird, but so I know you'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be too sure. Don't be too sure. <laughs> well, until we can carouse again, Allison, best of luck as you are sorting through some big, big challenges with a lot of headwind but you can do it and uh, our students will benefit from that. So thank you. Thank you. And um, thank you for preparing me. You were a part of my journey, preparing me and supporting me even beyond being an undergrad and being a professional, you would invite me back to talk to students and stay in touch and you made it okay for me to be here at OU as the master student. And then, and then the tough time that it was, for me as a student, being of a certain age and being in class and then real life issues going on with my mom's diagnosis and death and the end of my marriage as my marriage transitioned into post-marriage life. Yeah, that time was diagnosis, death, and divorce. Good grief. Oh, wow. yeah, and then you have your master's thesis to write. <laughs> and being a mom and all of that. And you were a rock through that time for me. And so I just sincerely appreciate you. And when I wasn't sure about what was next, and you encouraged me and helped me through the process of being at WOUB. And yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I, I look back on that as a, a really good moment in my career to get to make something that seemed very logical happen. And that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so when it does happen, it's a good thing. And I appreciate you. Thank you. You've been a mentor and a friend and just a, an angel and kind of moving things behind the scenes. And uh, I, I know, I, I feel that and I appreciate that. So I want to do right by you and the students where, um, you know, I remind myself when I, you know, you've heard me say it when, when I'm feeling like, ah! I'm like, but this was your dream job. This is what you said you wanted to do. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> be careful. Be very, very careful. And it is. It's a blessing to be in this position. It's a responsibility to be in this position. And there are times, yeah, I'm just like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. But apparently it's not because I'm still here. There are more um, lessons to learn. <laughs> there are more lessons to learn in this space. And so I'm here and I want to make the most and do the most and leave with my sanity, whatever's left of my sanity, you know, intact. I do. I miss the students. I miss that energy of having a full or semi-full newsroom, watching it all happen and being able to sometimes the students are they'd be in there working on the show or just having certain conversations and I'd be in my office just listening and then they'd say something you know silly and that's fun and I could come out and say what are y'all talking about or there's some kind of crazy and I'm like hey we're not doing that or way or <laughs> well why do you think that I miss the part where the students are talking about and they're discussing maybe a story or some of their uh, something that happened and in their own lives and me casually kind of walking up and talking with them and kind of having a life lesson or just working out and hearing what they think about maybe a situation in the world or just something, again, that's going on in their lives. 
that part of the learning, the life part of learning. There's learning the skill, you know, the, the skills exercise, but in the actual life skills, to me, that is most important. I feel like that is my calling and my gift. The sooner I can get back to that, the better I'll feel. Well, we're all hungry for that normalcy that we mm -hmm. didn't realize was so special. We just took it for granted. Right. But I think right. when we get back to that point, we'll we'll all have silly grins on our faces for a while, just being back together. Right. Exactly. Having the open door policy of the student. Well, can I talk? You know, when the student walks in and says, can I talk to you? Yeah. Yeah, you can. And it's still, that's still available. It's just through the phone or on video chat. Still available. Anybody listening? I'm still available. <laughs> Door is still open. Door is still open. Door is still open. Always. Always. Allison Hunter, WAB, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it.